You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. And now, over to your hosts. Hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty. Uh, back with me again, Greg and Andrew. And Hello. Greg there and Andrew here. It's an audio podcast, Sam. They can't actually see you except for the people watching us. What I was trying to do is in the last episode, I said Andrew and Greg, and then you both spoke, and we may have confused listeners, particularly those new to the show, who was who initially. So that's why I was saying here in terms of the audio reel, I'm explaining it too much. Greg, Move on, move on, move on. Greg's the one with the very golden voice. I'm the one that sounds like a homeless person. Thanks, thanks. And this is an audio medium. They can't actually see you, so it no, no. can be challenging to Except for Patreon. Like a homeless person. Pa- Patreon's uh, get an opportunity. Patreon, yeah, Patreon supporters. We are actually recording this immediately after recording the last one. Uh, you know, fancy tech world that we live in. Uh, and, and the reason we're doing that is because the last one went on too much about other stuff. So we're not going to cover any particular news um, apart from thanks to our Patreons. Uh, hello, Patreons who are watching. We are in the process of upgrading some stuff. So uh, we have a new microphone coming that the man uh, with the golden tonsils will probably be trying out first. Uh, so thanks yeah. very much. And that hopefully will be a good little upgrade. And if that one goes well, then we will over time buy another couple. So uh, just did want to say thanks to the Patreon supporters who are staring at us, some of them, and making comments about uh, Texas anal or something or other. <laughs> 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 the fist. <laughs> the fist. Uh, listen to episode 93 for some references yeah. there, then maybe some more clarity around that because your mic could be completely elsewhere if this is your first episode. Welcome for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's not as dirty as you think, or maybe it is. And uh, I've forgotten what we're talking about, Patreon supporters. So the, you, the money that those guys have, have been chipping in is, is going to uh, we'll be seeing it um, both live and then also uh Hearing it hopefully improved, so your homeless voice will sound less homeless, Andrew. Sweet. I sound like just semi-homeless. And <laughs> and Greg's Kermit voice will sound more like Miss Piggy. Oh, that's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm quite offended by that. Good. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Uh, cool. So moving on quickly. Um, actions. Actions is what we didn't cover in the last episode. So uh, for those bringing up to speed, I am wanting to build a new uh, rifle based around precision rifle shooting and about to start a new club. And we're also about to, uh, well, hopefully being able to shoot a PRS match maybe next year uh, rather than having always been involved in running them, uh, which would be nice. So we put out uh, we put out uh, an episode and we, we talked about calibers and we ended up residing with the 6.5 Creedmoor until something else comes along. And then we put out the, uh, the request for information about what actions people are using. Right, I think we're up to speed now. Actions. Right, we're on topic. We're on topic. Go. It has been a little interesting. I've been <laughs> following just in the last couple of days, the last couple of days, at least today, the, yeah, the last uh, day or so. The, the conversation, discussion. yeah. And uh, there's some reference for you if you like. Okay, well, what uh, what you put up originally was you'd, uh, you know, what do you use? What do you like? What would you change? Now, you put up uh, Impact Precision, Curtis Custom, Manil, Defiance, Surgeon, Bighorn, any others you suggest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, there's some interesting conversations here. People have put in, you know, quite a few suggestions. Some with reasons, some without. Um, 
Do, do you have to thank our, our listeners for jumping on Facebook and commenting on these things to be able to sort of give us their thoughts and stuff? Greg, there's one for you, mate. Have a thank you. passing iPads around, you know. There, uh, there was there was a comment just trying to find it. Um, did you break it already, Greg? Yeah. <laughs> Fat fingers, mate. <laughs> Michael Stubborn. Uh, yeah, that's the best comment, I think. Made the comment, if we wait five minutes, there'll be another new action on the market. I'll take that one until we know. Until then, we'll... Until then, will you... He's a Queenslander, mate. doesn't always okay. make sense. Maybe he ran that through the translator as well. <laughs> um, interesting point, though. Um, you know, there are a lot of options on the, on the market. Um, so, it, yeah, it kind of got me a bit thinking a bit. What have you used previously, Andrew? You've probably got the most experience around actions and bits and pieces. Yeah, but not necessarily for this purpose. Um, sure. Yep. You know, I, I've got three uh, still a Spectre action rifles currently. Mm-hmm. The, the the main ones I'm running. Yeah. Um, I like them, but I don't. I wouldn't say they're necessarily the best on the market. I haven't found fault with them. Yep. Um, but then again, I I haven't really been big into this sort of shooting. Now, the reason what sort of pushed me to go to them was uh, a couple of reasons. They got integral uh, rail. Yes. Um, they're not integral recoil lug, but the recoil lugs are pinned, so it sort of takes a bit of that out of it. They're an octagonal action, which doesn't really mean a lot either way. But um, is there any benefits to the those sort of shaped actions, or not? Not, not necessarily. Debatable? It's probably there's a little bit more material uh, in the action, I guess, than if it was round. Yeah. Uh, maybe I don't know. I haven't looked into the specifics of technically if there are any reasons why they'd be better than a round action. Sure. Um, but they are cut with a short action ones are cut for AW magazines, a double stack AI mags. Mm-mm-mm. This pirate life beer is good. Mm. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to make mention of that. It is a good pirate life beer. Um, so that, uh, you know, that I like the fact of being able to use magazines that aren't mm-hmm. eight inches long that stick halfway out of your gun and drag on the ground. So yep. for me, that was a, a fairly big reason to go with them. Sure. Um, but again, I, you know, once you, you know, a lot of these actions I haven't actually played with. Mm. You know, like reports are very good, and I think you know with modern machining techniques, is it's easier and easier to produce an action that is you know fantastic tolerances and, and yeah. fit and finish and that sort of thing. So, I mean, again, like you know, the the deadline by ultimatum precision, which someone's mentioned here, I I, I had heard of ultimatum, but I hadn't seen that particular action. I looked that up today, and it looks nice. Yeah, I know we, when I spoke to John, uh, 8541 Tactical, uh, he made mention of the ultimatums and particularly the new ones. He said the older ones were a cheaper model and were okay, but the new ones are like, you know, really top spec and, and really good and he was a big fan of them. So mm. um, certainly, certainly worth looking at. And, I'm, you know, it's one of those things I'm not sure we're about to decide tonight, but I think a lot of this stuff does come down to Mick's comment probably sums it up well in terms of that there are that many good actions. Like the, the list I've written up the top there, um, plus ones that others have, have mentioned, uh, the impacts, the Curtis Custom, Manil, Defiant, Surgeon, Bighorn. Any of them is going to shoot really well. Probably that ultimatum as well. The AI has been mentioned as well. Uh, Badger, uh, M2013. The, there's, a, there's a number in there. And they're all... They're all going to shoot really well. So it's mm. just coming down to some of those like additional features and bits and pieces that yeah. are worth and, and, and which ones you like the feel of. And that's, you know, 
the downside of not being able to go and play with all of these um, unless I wait until January for SHOT Show. Um, yeah, I yeah. mean, you probably, after playing with them all, you'll probably still walk away not More convinced either, you mm. know, specifically on one or the other. Because an action without being in a gun, without ammo and bits and pieces doesn't necessarily... Yeah. I mean, look, I, I haven't handled one either, but the new, the big horn, is it the TL3? Yeah, I think that's the, the one. Yep. It it looks good in that you know there's a number of features like the, you know the floating bolt head and that sort of thing. Which if you were to go down that line of wanting to be switch caliber, yep. Um, it would give you that versatility. You could run a two two three on it. You wouldn't have to get a whole new bolt. You just run a different bolt head. Mm. Um, and that's, you know that would add versatility, I guess. That's the Curtis Custom, which Paul Reed raves about and is running mm. currently, and and talks about the. That ability, effectively the switch barrel, and then I guess we're, well... It's not just switch barrel within the same family of cartridges. It's switch right, barrel, switch within, barrel yeah. with the same bolt uh, across anything. So that's a really significant uh, benefit, uh, I think, because that was one of the original sort of specs of this this build mm. was to be able to switch that barrel out. So is that a long action? Uh, no. No, short. Yeah, short. Well, I, I imagine they do a long action as well. Yeah, but, but with, mm. with a switch, like the bolt head you can change over... I, you know, basically, will give you versatility to go from a two two three or you know, two oh four mm. seventeen rem that sort yeah, of size up to, up to, up to a, a three seven five WSM. It, you know, WSM yep. based thing, just with with nothing more than a, uh, a change of the bolt head. I would yep. presume. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it, that it's would just to me that yeah, it's a fair bit of scope. Yeah, it adds versatility over having to run a a, a bolt, say on a. I mean, mm. even the stillers, if you want to, you could run a different bolt. Well, this this is what crossed my mind when we were in Sydney uh, Shot Expo with uh, Svigna Nick um, from Ignition Custom about the menu actions and setups, and he had a switch barrel set up sitting there, and, and it was running two bolts. And, you know, being able to swap between a 2 to 3 bolt and 308 bolt and, you know, that sort of the, the bolt faces anyway, um, being able to do that with the different bolts sort of reduced that. Now, I guess there's a higher cost in doing that, isn't there? Yeah, generally speaking, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Unless Nick's donating that second bolt. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful, but uh, I mean, yeah, look, that is. And Pirate life beer is real good. It's mm, <laughs> lubricating the podcast. I mean, the yes, any gun, you can run it with a switch bolt. Uh, sure. And that's always been an option. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, with a, with a bolt head that's removable and interchangeable, it doesn't take away from the fact that you still need to carry the extra bolt heads and whatnot to, to do sure, that. Yeah. Um, and I would presume the cost would be less than a whole bolt. Yep. I don't imagine it would still be cheap, but uh, it would probably still be less than having to buy a four or five hundred dollar bolt. Mm, true. I guess the the thing for me though, it's it's I'm only going to have to buy one other bolt. It's only you know, I'm not looking at an array. I'm looking at a, you know two to three sort of size and a three eight sort of size. So uh, even if it's a few extra hundred dollars to get an extra bolt, it's probably not. It's neither here nor there. I, yeah, I don't. I don't mm. want to cut corners because I have, I have to if I prefer one other one action over the other. Because of that, I'll get the other yeah. bolt. Well, I mean, I, I think yeah. If that was to be the case, and that's probably not the deciding factor in your choice, it would be you know features like you know how smooth is it, you know what the bolt lift like? Are they really heavy to cock? Are they got a big long bolt throw on them, or are they a shorter? shorter bolt throw and hmm. all those things would come into it. And I mean, I guess you've got to narrow down what you sort of view as important in that regard. Because if you were to go, oh, I need yep. a 60 degree bolt throw instead of a 90 degree, that immediately cuts out a, a substantial number of 
possibilities. Sure. So it's depends what you want it to do. Absolutely. So I think uh, looking through a couple of things, I, I I've always been a big fan of Defiance, and that's not just because Greg owns the company. Um, the the Defiance always were for me a bit of a benchmark, and I had always heard. Sorry. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know why. Perhaps it's the the guys at that particular time who were running them and bits and pieces like that. Perhaps it's just like that. But they, they were they were good and playing with them. They looked sensational and they they just seemed to be a really good quality action with they were well thought out. One of the, the, the comments that I had heard about them is that they bind up you know, in poor conditions. They can bind up dirt and grit and bits and pieces like that. In I'd never seen it until the second day of the um, the last PRS when it was wet and rainy and dirty and muddy and all this sort of thing, and I did notice a few of the defiances start to start to sh- be a bit tougher to to close and cycle. Not it wasn't prohibitive of them being run in the comp by any stretch, but it was a factor. Yeah, and look, I guess it's always going to be a compromise to a degree. Of, of, course, of having yeah. you know this amazingly you know slick, tight action mm. and something that's going to work in those adverse conditions. So, and that's where uh, you know it's not it's not they don't do that because they're bad. They actually do it because they're really good. Um, mm. Their their tolerances are super super tight, which has that drawback. Um, mm. So it's 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 a benefit. But you know knowing what the, you know we shoot a PRS match no matter what and. Pretty yeah. much, and unless it was you no know, dangerous, but yeah, there was mud flying everywhere that day. It was, yeah. it was wonderful, but um, only because I was ROing and didn't have to line it, and so that's probably the main thing. The the impact precision I really like, and I've shot that, uh, but I just found as as you lock that up, as you as you sort of close that bolt, there's there's just this little extra click notch sort of thing as you as you closing the bolt and. I thought, oh, maybe that's just me noticing that. But then I was, I was speaking to another PRS shooter in the states, and he said, no, "That's the reason I didn't, I didn't jump on it." And again, there's no reflection of the the action. The action shot. I mean, that gun I shot shot really, really, really well. And Greg Small's got a couple of them coming, or at least one of them coming, mm. and they're really nice action to run. But just that little thing was not that. Not my cup of tea. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit unsure about that. The benefit with that is that the guy who builds those guns builds really good quality barrels. Uh, so it builds chambers really good quality barrels. Mm. And he will chamber a barrel up to your spec on the other side of the world and just send it out to you. And you know it'll just do it up and away you go. You rock and roll. So, um, you know, barrels done for a long time is... Taken care of pretty well, so that's uh yeah they all sort of seem to have their benefits and such. So the, the surgeon actions, um they've probably been the one that's been the benchmark for me for a long time. Yeah, they've just been yeah. around a long time, always been sort of top shelf. Yeah, look, I've I have played with surgeons a fair bit, in, certainly in comparison to the other ones on that list there. Um, yeah. and yeah, I said I for the three that I built for myself, I built them on the the Steeler Spectres. Yep. Um. This is sort of certainly no reflection on what they might be doing now, but I actually thought the Stillers were certainly finished better than the okay. Surgeons at that time. Yeah. Um, and obviously very similar kind of design in the in the two lug, effectively the Remington style bolt. Um, you know, and effect. You know, for me, I thought well, you know, I thought the Stillers were finished a little better, and I thought other than that, 
I didn't see the integral recoil lug as being as big a deal yep. as the integral rail. Yep. Um, because with a pinned lug, you, you it still have that. Yeah, you still have that opinions. No. Yeah. Yeah. Look, for switch barrel guns and things like that, um, if your recoil lug's not pinned, then yes, you'd need Get some sort of jig to locate it when you're tightening barrels and whatnot. Yep. Not a big deal when it's a pinned lug. So, um, you know, it, for me, it came down to well, I, I slightly prefer the stiller in the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, effectively, they did exactly the same thing. And, you know, the stiller was a bit cheaper. Um, and I, had they been the same price, I think I still would have gone the stiller. Okay. Yep. Um, but again, I said I'm not a, a PRS yeah. shooter. I'm more sure. of a field hunting, long range hunting sort of thing. So well, Stiller's got a new owner now. Um, as well, as far as I got told, the other. Oh, the other I've way. had heard whispers yeah, about some, that. Yeah, something's changed, and I think they've gone because I think they did. Um, they they did sort of just just stay static for a bit, and produce really good stuff. But just they were static in producing that good stuff without really uh, pushing being, different designs. Yeah, and whatnot, innovating yeah. a lot, which I think you know some of the other brands <coughs> we've mentioned are really good at innovating and being sort of right on the edge of it. Defiance is probably one of the the best at really doing that. Um, the big horns, I know a few of them being floating around here, mm. and they've been performing really well. I know, I know, Miku said, you know, there's an action every five minutes. He's been running them, and um, Scott Patel been running them, and they they look really good, and they've got that ability to swap the bolt face out. So they're they're high on my list for that reason. I see the Curtis Customs are actually coming into Australia, and and someone's bringing them in, and I can't remember who it was. But whoever it is, I'm, I'm curious. I'd love to be able to get hands on one, have a little look at one. Mm. So hopefully if someone's shooting a PRS match and you've got a Curtis Custom and you're willing to let me have a look at it, that would be amazing because if Paul Reed's in on it, uh, it's worth looking at, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the issue, uh, or another issue, I guess, with, with some of these actions could be, be parts availability. You know, if you do need mm. a new extractor or a new ejector or something with the action... What kind of difficulties you're going to have in in getting one of them? Um, That's a fair point. But I mean, the same could go for anything because uh, although stillers are bought into Australia by a couple of people, they probably don't carry a lot of spare parts and that sort of thing. So yeah. That's that. That probably brings us on to Manil then, which is the locally made uh, yeah. here in Adelaide, and there's there's got to be something said for that that that. Likely made, likely supported, and I have. So as I mentioned, either in this episode or the one before, that one of them was on the prize table at the last PRS, and we got to. Oh, just just a heads up. One of the ROs won it. One of the stage officers. So, if you're interested in stage officering at a uh, particular <laughs> at a PRS, you will win a manil action. <laughs> uh, Andrew's promised to give you a new action, but from a PRS point of view, uh, the the Arrows win some killer prizes, which is really good. So massive thanks to Nick for putting that out there. But um, being able to play with that action for quite a while, um, I, I did like it. It, it impressed me um, perhaps even more than I thought it was going to. So the the the, um, the bolt knob is, was extended and, and was really comfortable to use. So it seemed really uh, really well finished and, and yeah, nice to nice to play with. Very smooth. I I haven't actually had an in-depth look at one of those. I mean, okay. I you know I know Nick quite well, and I had a look at one, sort of in the prototyping stage, but it was sort of a fleeting glance. Um, yep. So I'd have to have a good look at them. But I mean, I, I certainly would hope that they're to that 
that uh, standard that you know people actually seriously look at them as an option. Mm, I know Scott uh, Patel is is bailing on his big horns uh, after the next PRS match and to go to a Manil because he wants to sort of put together an Australian as many Australian components as possible. So Manil being the action for that. So we'll be interesting to see how Scott goes with it and, and how that sort of whole kit performs. Which would be excellent. What were you looking up there, Greg? You were checking oh, so out. I actually went on the Precision Shooting blog to see whether they had um, released the new what the pros used in terms of actions. Yep. But it's still the um, the one from April last year. Okay. Yeah, so, right. So, yeah, just haven't looked. Yes. Yeah. Some of that data hadn't come out yet. No. Yeah, no I, I haven't seen anything since April. Defiance was, was probably top yeah, of that yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for the three, Maybe previ- that's and the three previous years. But they were in yeah. many different configurations of Defiance. Maybe that's, Andrew, where, where my benchmark <coughs> has come from, is Defiance being on that probably. precision mm. rifle. But and the fact that you want to support Greg. Well, I'm not really that fussed about yeah. that. One of the, Don't the, affect my share price. <laughs> no, that's <just> joking. <laughs> There's a couple of interesting co- um, comments that came through on the Facebook uh, as well uh, for other actions. One was the Adler, so thanks for suggesting that. Um, that was a worthwhile comment. <laughs> it gave, gave me a chuckle. And uh, Barnard Actions. Barnard Action, which are traditionally like a F-class target. Shooting, target. Yeah. Are they used in bench rest? Not, not bench sure. rest, not bench like rest. in short range bench rest, but they're used popular F-class in F-class, yeah. All that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Our, they, I think there were there were some comments I followed briefly because they do a, mm. do a repeater action that is effectively a Remington footprint. It's similar to a Remington footprint. Yeah, well, that's my first question is, is do they do a repeater? Because I knew they yeah, did they most do. Of singles. They yeah. do. It it is different apparently. It's not okay. it does require a bit bit of work to fit it into a to a REM inlet. Sure. Um, I've got a hammer. Yep, and a chisel, you'll be right. <laughs> Sweet. And some super glue. You'll good. be good. I've even got a Dremel. We could Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh So yeah. it, it is uh does require a bit of work. Now I haven't actually handled one, so I can't tell you what they're like. I have played with a few Barnards. I've actually got one in a single shot rifle and a you know, a bigger long range gun, but it's yeah, it's very much a and the speed is not the uh of the essence. It's a you know, it's a single shot, very big, heavy gun, but um yeah, I guess if you know, if someone was to have some personal experience with the repeater it would be interesting to hear. But I, I to be honest, I'm not sure that well, the Barnards are renowned for being pretty close tolerances. Mm. I'm not sure how they would handle being abused, dirty. Yeah. Yeah, run They run might be okay, but because I'm just just reading some comments here from uh, from Jason Myers, who I know has got good experience with the Barnards, but um, again, and he said that they they can handle dirt and grit and stuff uh, okay. as well. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and and he's building a PRS based gun on a Barnard action, so um, that will be uh, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Because traditionally, it doesn't sort of sit in that in that space um, but yeah there's no reason you couldn't um, but you yeah. also got to look at uh, Barnard are made in New Zealand they don't have a huge presence in the US so it's probably not overly surprising that they're not uh, overly represented in the PRS scene hmm. it doesn't mean they're not capable of it just means there's availability I guess yeah and that's probably a fair point is availability is is 
um, is a big thing with a lot of these ones. The the other one I saw there was the um, the GA Precision uh, Tempest. Yep. Now GA Precision were using, if I get this right, we were using rebranded Defiance ones or branded Defiance ones. Um, I, I think they are building their own actions as well as now to complement the range. Um, but that was a that's a sixty degree uh, bolt throw. Uh, with the three lug action, but again, availability here I think is more challenging. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking to sort of import a one-off over from the states. I'm really looking at supporting a local distributor to, to be able to get it from, to be able to get some support from if needed as well. So that would be the ideal way to do it. If I'm importing, otherwise, you know, if I'm picking up something locally, then even better. So I guess the the um, summary of the action discussion would have to be that you haven't made your mind up no i think you're right the other the other one that was common uh, a common uh, thread was the ais to go with an ai now obviously to go with an ai effectively means running a ai rifle all out and and someone someone said oh you've ruled out a, a factory type guns but i really recommend an ai i don't reckon i ruled it out i'm i don't really remember what we did in the last episode that was only half hour ago so um Got a couple of pirate life beers, okay. <laughs> good, good beers actually. <laughs> um, but the yeah, I think the the AI route doesn't give me a lot of flexibility in my options. It, you know, in the additional options in stocks and chassis and that side mm. of things, which I really do sort of like. I have run an AI in a comp, and it went really well. Uh, and I've got no specific complaints about it to make. Apart from the fact that it is what it is, and it's just it sucked like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I guess, I do like to tinker and play with, and maybe change this and do that a bit more than the AI will really be allowed to let me do. It does have the benefit of switch barrels easily and bits and pieces like that. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, that, she's unrelated completely, um, but wanted to make mention of our latest sponsor. Um, and do so by telling you my favourite cigar story. I'm sure you guys have cigar stories. We'll save them for another another episode. Probably a couple of them can't be repeated, but yeah. <laughs> As I said, we can always uh, said in previous episodes we can always beep them and just let the patrons. <laughs> I'm not sure you want the patrons listening to that. Oh, no, no value for Patreon supporters. Anyway, my favourite cigar story because we're about to talk about Puro Trader and they do like um, cigar auction and trading website, which I've called the eBay of cigar the world. But I'm not sure if that's correct. Anyone will tell us off if it isn't. My favourite cigar story was we were up on for New Year's Eve. We used to do this uh, traditional thing. We'd be up in the Murray River. And for those who are familiar with the Riverland in South Australia, so that's where you grew up, isn't it, Andrew? It's been a good part of my growing up, yeah. yeah. And so we were on the river. Uh, mate's got some property up there. and we, we would literally be metres from the water and we'd camp there and everything there. And one of the evenings uh, we... I think we had the, the clay thrower with us. No, actually this is where my real interest in clay throwing years and years and years ago kicked in. And I had my shotgun with me, uh, which wasn't a very good one at the time. Uh, side by side, CVC. And they said, oh, we, we might do some clay throwing tonight. I went, well, that sounds interesting. I've never really tried that. And so they, the bloke was an electrician. And so he drove a van out into the middle of a paddock. 
and connected this whopping great floodlight up. And so we had this huge floodlight. They were using white clays. And so the, these things like stood out really, really well in this huge big light. And yeah, so first time trying clays and oh, I hit a few of them. But the exciting part of the night, apart from shooting clays, was shooting clays with a, sh- with a big fat cigar hanging out the side <laughs> of the mouth. And uh, yeah, no, I felt in a bit that night. It was uh, it was wonderful. I did hit a few, and uh, did also finish the cigar off. So I'm sure I've got a photo from there from years ago, uh, but I'm not sure I'm willing to put that up. <laughs> that was pre-beard days, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, speaking of cigars, as we referenced, um, mentioned Puro Trader, who have jumped on board to support our podcast, which was very nice of them, and. It is wonderful if you guys are looking for a rare or hard-to-find cigar or even a cigar at a really good price. Uh, there are, yeah, you can go to shops and online and bits and pieces, but probably the best place is purotrader.com because what it will allow you to do is to sell or buy cigars from other cigar aficionados and you can grab some information in their forums from their various uh, you know, various other cigar aficionados and collectors and retail shops and everything along those lines. So there's really good prices and stuff, and it covers the entire world. So you can buy cigars if you have a particular one you're trying to track down that you can find from a bloke in London. Uh, he can that the Puro Trader website can coordinate that deal for you and uh, get it on its way over to you as well. Or if you just want to try and find good cigars locally without a huge freight cost and they're fairly cheap, that's another good way to do it. It's always much much more convenient to buy online. What was the last thing you bought online, Greg, that you're willing to commit to? A bivy bag. Bivy bag, yeah. Mm. Turned out pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it, actually. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Andrew, have you bought anything online recently? Not that I'm prepared to share on air. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so buying online is pretty safe, and particularly mm. with Puro Trader because you can use PayPal, which mm. uh, gives you really good confidence as well. So you can jump on there and have a look around at all the cigars. The website, oh, she should let you know. So when you buy it, uh, there's a small fee for Puro Trader, and that is what you can save some money on by using our code at purotrader.com. Chuck in the promo code. PSP1. That's it, Andrew, for 25% off the Puro Trader fee. That's P U R O Trader.com and use promo code PSP1 for 25% off that Puro Trader fee. So you're right, Andrew. I am struggling to decide which action to go. And I'm not sure of the next step because I think that this is something that a lot of people fall in the trap of is, is, is trying to work out which is the perfect action. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't think the perfect action exists because no. if it did, everyone would use it. Um, you know, you you get guys that are using all this variety of actions and love them and wouldn't want to use anything else. So, I yeah. think ultimately you you probably need to um, narrow down your parameters a little bit if you have or are able to do so at this stage. Mm-hmm. You know, it would then rule out options, I guess. Well, I think my big th- big thing is being able to swap those barrels out, and that's where the Vector and the Bighorn are two of the, the, the forerunners. I've got to say, they probably really are. The Manil as well, if I can get a good deal on that second bolt, will come into that equation uh, well. But I, I might what I might do is, is I'm going to get Nick to probably build the gun anyway, so I might head down to Nick and have a chat with him about about those actions, but about um, like how that switch barrel side of things would work and what we can sort of work out with that side of things. And if we get some fruit from that, then wonderful. If not, uh, I might hit up Paul Reed about those Curtis Customs 
Uh, it'll be really interesting to find out more about that or the big horns. And I think I'll pick Mick or Scotty's brains about uh, big horns, which way to go. Um, so there you go. I've just narrowed it down to three. And probably now it's going to be coming down a, a little bit to cost, availability, um, mm. and a little bit of reference from those sort of things. So uh, the, I think the way I've got there is, uh, yeah, you, you're right, Andrew, prioritising some of those other factors. Um and deciding that the switch barrel is a really big thing for me. Um, we've covered the, the, AI, the AI platform still sits in the back of my mind as well, not completely ruling it out, but I, I think I've mentioned a few things as to why I'm not sure I'm quite committed to it there, um, which I think will become more apparent when we get onto the chassis or stock scenario as well. So uh, that being sort of top of mind, um, I'll give the Manils a go because, um, you know, being local, I... I don't mind supporting that side of things, uh, but we'll see what these Curtis Customs and and Bighorns are like. do want to say thanks to all the guys who did jump on and give us some suggestions. I do particularly like Ben Jarrett again, comes through with the goods. He's He's, he certainly explains his uh, view, doesn't he? Yeah, it's probably one worth mentioning. He talks about running a Surgeon 591 and he's a big fan. And said if you were going with a standard fixed barrel, recommend Surgeon or Defiance based on the advice of his gunsmith, but also many, many people running those actions. If you want to run a switch barrel setup for training comp, then you need to use an action with interchangeable bolt heads. Unless you want to or pay, bolts. Yeah, pay for another bolt with a different he- head size. be interesting to know the, the dollar. I'll do some research and find out what the dollar variation mm. is on that. If I haven't done it yet and someone knows who is importing the Curtis Custom Actions, please let me know who that is. Uh, Big Honor, the Ultimatum apparently does that as well. Might, I don't know, the Ultimatum hasn't quite been on my radar. Did Maybe should we should it? go there now. Should Maybe. it go on the radar? All right. Um, all right, so now I've expanded it back out. <laughs> to fall, but mm. Yeah, I guess the, the action is the, the big thing you interact with a lot and it's really the thing that you want to mm. get familiar with. So mm, there's been uh, there's there's so many options. And again, as Mick said, something else will come out in the next week. <laughs> something new will come out shortly. So the action debate continues. And then we get on to barrels. Barrels the next step. Probably. Do you have a similar take on barrels that they're all pretty bloody good and, and just pick the one you can get that makes the right setup for you? Not necessarily. I think it's a little okay. more detailed than that. Good. Good. Because then we can't knock it off in the next three minutes. No. Good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I look forward to Andrew's wisdom on that, actually, because I guess we've got to take into account barrel length as a factor. And a length few is things. an important factor. Yeah, very. I found that out with <laughs> my build. Couldn't I, quite reach the, f- the second node. Oh, yeah, very well, I good kicked point. myself in the butt with that one, mm-hmm. and I just made it in the end with a bit of smarts out of quick load. Is it quick load? Yeah. Quick load. Mm. So, uh, and you ruined the yeah. twist rate as well. No, I didn't ruin it. They, they changed. <laughs> yeah, Burger ruined it. Burger ruined it. <laughs> I blame Burger. Yeah. Blame no. Litz. Fair enough. Excellent. Well, um, I think that was all the ones that we su- were suggested. Guys, if you got a moment and you want to read through some of those comments and suggestions, I would suggest jumping on the Facebook and from Precision Shooting Podcast and having a little look at some of the information that guys have deposited there. Um, still up in the air about which action to go with. 
interesting to get everyone's feedback on it. And I think we've narrowed it down a little bit. I'm pretty set in my way about uh, being able to have some switch barrel options, which is interesting because I wasn't really a big fan of switch barrels probably a couple of months ago. So I do uh, do see an opportunity for it. So we'll see how we go. Easy. Sounds good. And cool. yeah, big thanks to Piero Trader and uh, to Pirate Life as well for uh, giving us something to entertain ourselves during the podcast. Legends. Top stuff, top stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we shall see you in a few weeks. And what have we got? I'm off to Melbourne tomorrow morning. Great. Yeah, more driving. More driving. More driving. Mm, sucks to be you. That's right. I'll go. I'll just listen to our podcast. It won't be out. That'll put you to sleep and then while you're driving. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, that thing, that thing. Check out the Dollop podcast. Good one. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au.